Today is really about living by design, not default, so that you can really make every day the best that it can be and live more intentionally because it is so easy to either just live by default and not even question how we're spending our time or you know what we're doing with it or not even pause and consider what's most helpful in the current season of our lives. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello everyone and welcome to Imprint. I'm very excited to have you here today. And if you enjoyed last week's episode, which was all about how I spend my time, how I've worked out what works well for me in this current season of my life, and you've been thinking about, well, how can I make the most of my time? I think you're going to find this episode really valuable. And it really is in some ways a follow-up to the previous solo episode. Um, because I was, as I was actually, you know, recording that, I thought, you know, it'd be really um, helpful to share some more specific tools. I mean, that's kind of my natural modus operandus. Like it's just, I just like to kind of I get a bit nerdy about like, well, what really works and what have I learned and just really sharing those practical ideas and tips. And I felt like I needed to do that in the last episode, but it was already getting so long. So in many ways, this is a follow up to last week's episode. And, um, and like I said, as I was sharing those lessons, you know, I thought it might be helpful to create this particular um, podcast about how you can consider your own time, how you spend it. And some of the questions and concepts that have really helped me to get clarity on how I want to spend my days and time. And so today is really about living by design, not default, so that you can really make every day the best that it can be and live more intentionally because it is so easy to either just live by default and not even question how we're spending our time or you know what we're doing with it or not even pause and consider what's most helpful in the current season of our lives. And I'm sharing these ideas with you today because I've spent a lot of time studying about time and how we spend it and how we can make it count. But I want you to know that I'm not saying this so that you can just get busier and do more, 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 you know, it's not about just like freeing up your time to add more to your plate. Instead, it's about sharing what I've learned and what I've implemented in my own life and what I've found really helpful to make sure that I'm actually making progress with the things that I say are important to me. So um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode where I shared a day in the life, then you can listen to that if it's of interest. You don't necessarily have to listen to it before this one, but I'll put a link in the show notes and um, let me know what you think about that episode and, you know, sharing a little bit more about behind the scenes. Now, if you'd like to reclaim your time so that you can get closer to the life that you really want, which can sometimes seem that like this nebulous thing, but it is possible. And I want to share some concepts and questions that 
I've found really helpful over the years. Now, you know, there are different phases that we often go through when it comes to spending our time. And I very much see, you know, the very early years of kind of my journey of when I started leave school and really starting to kind of form who I was as an adult. It really was just about going with the flow. And I think this is what happens is, you know, you leave university or you leave school, get a job and your hours and your time is very much dictated by work. And, you know, the hours that you work for many of us, it's kind of a nine to five type of job. And, you know, maybe in the evenings you might do some classes. I learned Italian for a number of years. I also did my master's in journalism for a number of years when I was working full time as well. So you might have classes that you do in the evening or you might go to the gym or do exercise or whatever it is, or meet up with friends and go out for dinner. And your weekends are often dictated by your social calendar and, and time just seems to really go by. It just flies. And you very much have the structure of like your work week and your weekends, and you're just kind of dictated in many ways by the, these outside forces, like I said, by your work or, you know, what time the classes are available or whatever. Like that was very much, you know, the first main phase of like how my time was spent. And it really was spent. I wasn't creating it consciously. I wasn't thinking about, you know, how can I do this better? It was just spending it. It was just like this kind of um, outgoing all of the time. And then, um, you know, I, I then sort of like went through a phase, I guess, of like within those days and weekends, really being in a sort of reactive mode. And this is, I guess, not necessarily, it's kind of like an adjunct to the other one, you know, it's, it, they kind of go hand in hand in many ways. And, um, and what I mean by this is like your, your life and, your social calendar and and like your inbox and all of those things, they're really based on somebody else's agenda and somebody else's priorities. And again, I distinctly remember that, you know, always kind of like I'd get an email and I kind of used to pride myself that if I got an email, I could answer it straight away. And, um, and those of you who <laughs> have ever emailed me, you know, that I definitely don't do that anymore because you know, it's, it's not necessarily the most important thing right now. And I mean, you know, it's, it, there's part of me, the people pleasing part of me that really struggles with this, but I've had to sort of really set clear boundaries about how much time I do spend on email because it's not necessarily the most productive amount of time. And I remember consciously, you know, when you have those email chains and, you know, somebody might send you an email and you respond and then you'll say, okay, or thank you. Or, you know, like you just have this like one word response and you end up having about 10 separate emails in this chain. And it just, it's such a waste of time. And then you kind of react to that next email and it's like a great, got it. <laughs> it's like, that's such a waste of time to have read that because, you know, studies show that like when we task, which every time we're distracted by something, it takes us about 20 minutes to regain our focus. So if you had been doing something that was um, important or re really required your concentration, maybe you're looking at plans for your home or you're designing something and, um, you know, you're trying to kind of create like a, a really important workflow around clients or whatever it is, maybe you're rebuilding your website or creating it for the first time. And if you're sort of getting distracted by these 
types of emails that are like one word responses that aren't important. It is just a phenomenal waste of time. And so I, I really remember kind of being coming aware of that, of this is actually not the best use of my time to be, you know, responding to these types of emails or just always be in my inbox. And so that was kind of like a, a new level of awareness, I guess, that I had in relation to time. And you might have experienced this as well. And then the next kind of big phase for me, and I, I wonder if this resonates for you, was this phase of kind of, you're just doing too much. You're always in catch up mode. You feel like you're stretched too thin. Um, maybe you're often late for things or you're not doing what's on your to-do list. And you just feel like you can never, ever get to the bottom of that to-do list. You feel like you can, you know, you're just not getting all the stuff that's in your head done and you're getting towards the end of the day or the end of the week and you feel like you're not making any real progress on anything. And yet you feel like you were so busy, but you can't really substantiate what were you busy doing. And so I've definitely been in all of these different phases and um, I've kind of learned to dig my way out of this. And so if you are still feeling the sense of being, you know, that you're just always busy, but you're not necessarily making progress or that you're always in like a reactive mode or just not kind of really conscious about how you spend your time, then, you know, I want you to know that there is definitely light at the end of the tunnel for this. And there is a much, much better way that you can, you know, reclaim your time and spend it so that you're really doing the things that are most important for you. And, um, you know, it really kind of gives you the opportunity to get more clarity on, you know, focusing on the right things and in the right order. And what I find happens when you do this is you have such a sense of calm. And so I do a lot of things and, you know, people often comment to me about like, how do you get all those things done? You do so many things. And yet I actually feel incredibly calm about all the things that I have to do because I'm focusing on the right things in the right order. And um, now before I started putting in a process, I've got this process. Um, it's kind of like this Monday morning download that I do of all the things that I need to do. And basically it's getting all of that like noise out of my head on, onto a piece of paper. And when I do that, I can see very clearly like, well, what is actually the most important things that I need to do here? And I don't have these things swirling in, around in my head. And just that very act of like listing all the things that I need to do and then putting them in priority order, it makes me feel so much more calm. Like I have, have a greater sense of calm than if I just kind of think, I need to do a lot of things and I'm not quite really, like, what do I need to do again? You know, and then you sort of like, you're driving somewhere and you're thinking, oh, what was that other thing that I need to do? And, you know, you're just feeling this constant sense of unease and overwhelm. And um, I really don't like that feeling. So doing, you know, certain strategies can be really helpful to not only reclaiming your time, but feeling really comfortable and calm about how you are spending your time. And then you can also, you know, when you reclaim your time, you really start to choose how you spend it consciously. And this can relate to how you spend your time in relation to your work, how you spend your time in relation to your family, um, even like making holidays a priority for some of you. And for this was me up until, you know, sort of this year, I've very much implemented it. 
last year I started to implement it, which was this idea of really scheduling in like downtime and holidays for our family, because I kind of got into this situation where I was really good at, you know, scheduling and organizing and like finding routines and rhythms for my work life and, you know, just our daily life as a family, but then school holidays would come around and I would think, what are we going to do? <laughs> I sort of hadn't really planned anything. And I was quickly scrambling thinking, oh, I've got to organize some play dates and what are we going to do? And the kids are getting frustrated and I'm getting frustrated because like, I really can't work during this time. And so I've really had to put in a process and we literally have done this this year that every school holidays, we have now scheduled family time in those school holidays so that we're not on the back foot of that. So if that's you, that you're always scrambling when it comes time to school holidays, then, you know, maybe that's, you know, how you need to be conscious of how you're spending your time. It might not necessarily just relate to work or your creative ventures, but, you know, your, your family time or your holiday time, or, you know, maybe it's about having some kind of, you want to go on a retreat, like a yoga retreat. You have to kind of schedule it in and make it happen. Otherwise, you'll keep thinking, oh, wouldn't it be nice to do this, but it never actually happens. And the other idea that I really want to share with you, and I'll go into this in more detail, is that you can create more time for what you really want when you're conscious of how you spend your time. So, you know, I, um, I sometimes get people sort of saying like, I really would love to do your course, but you know, I just don't have time right now. Or, you know, even within the course itself, there are assignments and there's workbooks and sort of saying, you know, I like, I love it all, but I'm just struggling to find the time. And, or even, you know, for you, maybe you want to get more clients, but you're struggling to find the time, whatever it is for you. Um, there is always a way to find more time. And so that's what I'm going to go through now is sort of share three big ideas that have, that I've found really helpful for me in terms of moving out of those past phases in terms of how I spent my time to really now having more clarity about my time, having more greater sense of calm about how I spend my time and just getting more stuff done but not to kind of just be busy, but actually doing the stuff that's helping to move the needle. So the first one is really about making conscious choices. And the easiest way that you can do this is to create awareness about how are you spending your time right now? So this is literally a question that you can ask yourself, how am I spending my time right now? And I really encourage you, if you haven't done this before, I know I've spoken about it, but it is really helpful is to do a time audit. You can do this on your phone in the notes section and just literally log, you know, how you're spending your time, or you can do it in a Google doc or a Google sheet. That's how I've done it in the past, because then you can start to see patterns. And then you can also, if you do it in a Google sheet, what happens is that you can create a column about delegate or delete or defer. And like, so when you put those tasks and then do a review at the end of the week or the end of the day, kind of look at it and think like, well, did I actually need to do that thing? Like, can I just take that off my list completely? Or can I get somebody else to do it? Can I get one of the kids to do that? Or can I ask my partner to do that? Or is there someone in my team that I can get to do that? So when you track your time in that way, you can start to build out. It's not just about, you know, kind of going, oh, wow, I really spent much more time on my phone than I realized. And you can actually look at, you know, how much time you are spending and set screen time limits and all of those kind of things. But, um, you know, really being conscious of like, okay, well, I've had a look at how I'm spending my time, but now what is the next step? How can I manage my time better? And also 
ask yourself, this is a really helpful question as well that, you know, I've been answering recently, which is what level of my time and how much of my energy do I want to invest in this? So if you've got a project that you're working on or you're considering, or even if it's something to do with the kids and the schooling or your health or whatever, you know, ask what level of my time and how much of my energy do I want to invest in this? So you get really getting clarity and that can help create, you know, a real clear roadmap for you about what you want that to look like. So if you're, for instance, wanting to exercise more, then, you know, how much of your time do you want to invest in that? And then you can start to build around that and be really honest with yourself as well. And um, the next question that I, or sort of filter that I really use is a filter. Um, and it's a, it's a filter for your future. And basically this is to help you get clarity on what your dream life looks like, because happiness is not an event. You know, this idea of happiness that so often people talk about, I mean, I don't love the word happiness. I really think that it is, it is fleeting. Happiness is this sort of, um, it's a moment, it's an emotion rather than this general sense of contentment. That is something that I try to strive for is an overall feeling of contentment within my life rather than fleeting, you know, happiness is a fleeting emotion. However, <laughs> you know, if you were to think of having a sense of contentment with your life, you know, being really content with where you are on your journey, you know, think of it instead of, you know, being happy, you know, as how many of your ideal days stacked or stitched together can you create? So, you know, really thinking about what does your ideal day look like? And then really trying to stitch as many of those ideal days together in a row. And that is what is going to create your sense of happiness or contentment in your life to have as many of those days together in a row. Now, you know, when you think about your ideal day, is that right? Ideal day. Yes. <laughs> Sorry for the moment then, you know, is it answering emails or getting to inbox zero or is it reading every thread on the school app or looking at everyone's craft pictures on that app? You can see I've got a bit of a thing for that at the moment. Or is it spending some time to get your first client and wow them so that you can get referrals and build up a client base? You know what? So I want you to ask yourself, you know, if you're struggling to kind of envisage what this ideal life or this ideal day looks like, just literally ask yourself, you know, write in your journal, what does my ideal day look like? And it's funny because I was having a bit of a meltdown. Uh, it wasn't a meltdown. I was just having a bit of an off day the other day and sort of thinking, you know, I just, I just don't want to do any of this. <laughs> and then I was thinking about this question of, well, what does my ideal day look like? And I thought, you know, I, for me, I don't actually think it would be just spending every day like at the beach or every day just like pottering around at home. Yes, I enjoy doing both of those things, but I don't want that to be my every day. And I actually really enjoy working on projects and I enjoy connecting with people and I enjoy helping people. So, you know, even if it was perhaps less than what I'm doing now, and if I, you know, I'm always looking to improve and what can I do to sort of still meet those needs? Like I get so much joy out of that. So how can I do that in a way that feels good? 
And, you know, again, that's a really good question. Like, how can I do the things that are important to me in a way that feels good? And the truth is we just can't do everything. We just cannot do everything. It's like this idea of, um, I've just kind of got back into reading recently. My husband and I have been talking a lot about reading books. And when I was younger, I had this thing that I had to finish a book. If I didn't finish a book, I felt like, you know, there was something wrong with me. And I felt like, no, you know, like I've made this commitment to do this thing. And I always follow through on what I say I'm going to do. And now I have quite a different perspective. And that it maybe is because, you know, like 20 years older than when I started doing all of those things. And I've got a different perspective on my time, but it quite literally is that like, I cannot read, I'm never going to read all the books in the world. Of course I'm not. And I'm not even probably going to read all the books that I really want to read. So if I'm going to read a book, I really want to make sure it's a book that I'm really enjoying. Otherwise it's just not worth reading. It's the same as if you're watching a Netflix show and I've done this and I've, you know, I've had friends say like, oh, I think I've mentioned this before. I've got a friend who loves Schitt's Creek, that show. And I watched one episode and I was like, there is no way that I'm spending my time watching this show. It was just not for me. I mean, you might love it, you know, whatever, you know, we all like different things. But the point being that I don't want to waste my time watching something that is like, first of all, I just don't enjoy. But secondly, that's just okay. Like, I just don't see the point. And, you know, life is so short. Our time is so precious. So I would much rather go and have a bath or much rather go and read a book that I enjoy or just go and read to one of my children or do something else than watching something that I actually don't enjoy. So really think about, you know, what is it? Like, what does my ideal day look like? What will bring me joy in my days? And and really stack and organize your days in that sense rather than you know, and everything that's not on that list, just try and do as least of that as possible. Try and eliminate it as much as possible or delegate it or defer it or just don't do it. You just don't have to do it. You cannot do everything. And this is something that, you know, I've really realized as, you know, I'm getting older and really reflecting on how I've spent my time and how important it is to get clarity on that. And the third big idea that I want to share with you is how important it is to embrace constraints. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you'll know that I'm a big believer that constraints create freedom. I have seen this play out in every area of my life. If I limit the type of food that I eat for lunch during the week, I eliminate so many decision, so much decision-making, you know, I waste less food. I'm more likely to eat healthy, you know, and I've shared in last week's episode about how I batch healthy lunches at the start of the week. So that, you know, it not only saves me time um, in terms of preparing the food, it means that I'm more likely to eat healthy food, but it also just eliminates one less thing that I have to make a decision about. You know, I don't have to think come lunchtime, what am I going to have for lunch today? You know, like it just, and, you know, research shows that the, the more decisions that we have to make, the more decision fatigue we get, the more overwhelmed we feel. So if you don't want to feel overwhelmed, then you've got to start, you know, eliminating some of those decisions. And there are so many that you can automatically take off the table and you can really simplify your life in some really easy ways. So for me, that really works. And, you know, if you haven't tried it, I recommend that you do try it because I've, I've really find it super helpful. And I've also seen this idea of constraints creating freedom in my work. You know, when I've had 
budget constraints, it's forced me to get creative, you know, such as designing a 45 square meter, which is basically tiny studio on a tight budget. You know, it stretches me to come up with new ideas and think outside the box. And, you know, I've done this with my own house. I mean, it's, you know, like I always get asked about the curtains in my bedroom and they're out of painter's drop cloths because, you know, I, that was during lockdown, you know, back now, gosh, I mean, time really is flying, but, you know, it's probably about two years ago now. And, um, you know, it was just a little project and it was getting creative with what we had. And like, we literally had constraints in terms of our time as well, you know, like not being able to kind of go to shops and, you know, all of those kind of things. So, um, you know, there are so many ways that it really helped me to get creative and it really like constraints are your friend. So just to kind of bring it back, you know, how does this relate to your time and reclaiming your time? I really encourage you if you don't already to create constraints for yourself. So here are some questions that you can ask yourself. What boundaries can I set around certain tasks? So this might be, you know, setting a time limit on the amount of time you spend on email or setting a time limit around how much time you spend on social media or setting a time limit on how much you watch Netflix. You know, maybe you just say, I'm just going to watch one show. That is it. I'm not going to watch five. I'm going to watch one show. Or, you know, how can I batch my work to create flow and be more efficient? Because that is literally the most efficient way to work is when you batch your work, you know, whether that's responding to emails in a batch or whether that is, um, you know, creating flows around client work or design work or whatever it is for you. And what can I simplify or eliminate from my to-do list to multiply my time? So ask yourself that, what can I simplify or eliminate from my to-do list to multiply my time? Because as I said, you just can't do everything. And I think the sooner that we're honest with ourselves about that, it's just such a huge sense of relief to kind of know, you know what, I just can't do everything. I can't answer every, you know, email in my inbox, or I can't um, respond to every chat in the parents group, or I can't, you know, whatever, X, Y, and Z, whatever that is for you. And, you know, do what is the best that I can do? You know, what is the best that I can do that's going to offer value? It's going to help in some way. It's going to help, you know, me have more enjoy, you know, joy in my day. And, you know, getting back to that idea of like, well, how do I want to spend my days? Do more of that stuff. You know, it's as simple as that. And yet we make it so complicated. So let's just quickly uh, review these ideas. The first was to make conscious choices about how you spend your time. So get clear on how you're spending your time at the moment and areas that you can improve. And like I said, you know, really not just create that awareness, but then assess it. You know, it's really important to not just create the awareness, but assess how you're spending your time and see how you can do it better. The second is to filter for your future. So get clear on what your ideal day looks like and stack as many of those days in a row as possible. You know, stitch those days together. And that is how you're going to feel a sense of calm and control and clarity and more confidence about all the things that you want to do. And then the third idea is to embrace constraints. So take back control of your time, be proactive rather than reactive and set boundaries and constraints so that you can simplify to multiply your time. I hope that you have found these questions and these frames helpful for you in terms of, you know, rethinking perhaps how you're spending your time, 
what phase you're in or stage you're in in terms of how you manage your time, you know, where you can perhaps make improvements, what questions are helpful for you to get, you know, a little bit more insight into how you are spending your time. And I would really love to hear from you. You know, it's um, you know, podcasting is a funny thing to do. You're speaking into this microphone and I'm really trying to share what's been helpful for me. I hope that these ideas are helpful for you. I would love to hear from you. This is episode 131. So please leave a, you know, a quick comment or give it a, you know, um, a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this podcast and, um, or send me a DM on Instagram at Natalie Walton. Um, like I said, I really do love hearing feedback from you and hearing from you in general. So I hope that you found this valuable and I look forward to connecting again with you soon. In the meantime, have a beautiful week. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Impact.